This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. There is no truth. You can't force your opinion on other people. That's true for you, but not for me. And in the wise words of Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. (laughs) All right. How are you doing, Robbie? I'm doing good, Tyler. How are you, man? Doing great. Doing great. So today we're going to be talking about postmodernism and just the idea of moral relativism. I love it. I love that. I love that uh, topic. Yeah. Postmodernism is so relevant in our culture. People say stuff like that all the time, right? Yeah. It's it's true for you, but not for me. Uh, Yeah. Or that's just your truth. Or yeah. It's, Yeah. uh, yeah, very interesting. And if you deal with that on a consistent basis, then this podcast is for you. This is for you. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And so we're going to start with coffee because it's the least important of the three. Amen. Christ and culture are important. Christ is first, culture is next, but coffee is a little important. We always (laughs) like to start our podcast off with a little coffee tip. the trinity of most important things in the world. It is, yeah, the trinity of most important things. (laughs) No, not family or the relationships. No, if I haven't had coffee, I couldn't Although I guess that ties into culture a bit, but still. That's true. That's good. Well, anyways, the the coffee tip for today is about your coffee beans. I know in the past we've talked about uh, how they roast beans and how they lose their flavor pretty quickly after roasting and that you should grind them right before you brew them. But today I want to talk about storage. Uh, Storing your coffee beans is important. A lot of people don't think about this, but how you store your coffee beans is important because they are really sensitive to air, moisture, heat, and light. Mm. If you think about it, all coffee bags at the store, are, are any of them ever clear? No, they're never (laughs) clear. Why? Because of the light. The light alters the flavor. And so you don't want them. Yeah, isn't it? I didn't know that. Yeah, so it makes sense that the best way to store your coffee is in an airtight container in a dark cupboard in your house somewhere. Uh, You want to keep it away from light and heat, so don't leave it on your counter. Some people even, you know, um, growing up, like we used to put our coffee kind of in a cupboard next to the stove. Mm. Bad idea. There's heat there, right? If yeah. you're cooking a lot, so. it gets warm. So you want to think through where you're putting your uh, your coffee beans. Uh, you also don't want to leave them on a counter where the, you know sunlight can be directly on them. Dark uh, cupboard somewhere in your house in an airtight container because if it's airtight, air can't get in and mm. alter the flavor. Okay. So that's kind of the, the, the big idea for how to, how to store your uh, coffee beans. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, what about like refrigerators and freezers? So is that a pretty good place? Well, there's like, there's different opinions on that. Some people think it's good. Some people don't think it's good. And it's not because of the temperature because you do want to keep them cool, right? Yeah, the sure. heat hurts them. So it makes sense a freezer or refrigerator wouldn't allow heat to get out. Yeah, that makes sense. The problem you run into with the fridge and the freezer uh, is moisture, oh, right? Okay. Because of the condensation that builds up, and yeah. um, uh, even if you have an airtight container, sometimes the the moisture, you know, the, the humidity of the air can seep in. That's why you get frostbite on stuff that's even wrapped up. That makes sense because yeah. it, the the air seeps okay. in. Uh, and and coffee beans are uh, now. Here's a big word. Ready? I'm ready. Coffee beans are hygroscopic, not mm. hydroscopic. <laughs> High grow scopic. Okay. 
it, it basically means that they tend to absorb moisture from the air. Ah, okay. So humidity really affects um, coffee. And so if you put it in your freezer, it's going to get in there because they're hygroscopic. So they're going to suck in the flavor of the of the air through the moisture. So that's why you're saying you should be in an airtight place. Yeah, okay. airtight. You want it to be dry. You don't want it to be very humid. You want it to be cool. And so, dark so the sun doesn't get Yeah, in. and dark. But fridge and freezer are kind of tough. Um, I have, the other night this happened to me. So th- this, is, this is kind of what will happen to your coffee beans. Um, I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep, and I wanted some water. So I went downstairs, and we got a new refrigerator, and it has, like, one of those super horrible um, uh, water distributors that just takes, like, three years to fill oh, up a yeah. little cup. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, you just hold It's so slow. So we started filling up a pitcher and leaving it in the fridge. So I went down, I grabbed the pitcher, I poured it, I went back upstairs to bed, and I'm drinking this water, and it just tastes horrible. (laughs) And I was so thirsty, I kept drinking it. But I was like, what is wrong with this water? It tastes rotten. It It tastes gross, like fruity rottenness. And then the next morning, I went down into the fridge, and one of my kids had put like this half eaten, rotten banana in the fridge on a shelf. <laughs> and you know how bananas are so uh, um, perfumey, right? They're, they're yeah. very smelly. And so, so it got it, into the water. Yeah, it filled the, the, the refrigerator with the smell, and then the water absorbed the smell, and I got punished by drinking the water. <laughs> so that, that's the same thing that can happen with your coffee beans, is whatever flavor's in the air, it really can damage the flavor of the coffee. So you want to keep it in an airtight container, in a cool, wow, uh, dark place for the best coffee. Now, you can drink rotten banana-flavored coffee if you want, <laughs> but I'm just not uh, very wow. excited about that. So, um, yeah, refrigerator and, and uh, freezer... They're, they're okay, but you're just going to run into more problems, I think. So I think finding a cupboard that's uh, not by by the stove or not by direct sunlight is better. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. So Thanks for sharing. That's the coffee tip for today. I hope that helps you have a fresher cup in the morning. And if you're like me in the afternoon and mid-afternoon and evening <laughs> and night. It's like, it makes me think of Lord of the Rings. What about second coffee? Yeah, second coffee, coffee. third coffee. (laughs) I haven't had fifth coffee yet. (laughs) Anyway, all right, Tyler. So relativism, postmodernism, right? Let's let's discuss this. Let's dig into this um, really um, big, big, really prevalent cultural idea that's out there. People say these slogans all the time that that's true for you, but it's not true for me, or that's just your truth, or that's uh, just your opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. just your opinion. Uh, so, so what are we talking about when we when we dive into postmodernism and and relativism? Uh, well, I think it's uh, pretty obvious with the some of the statements we pointed out earlier. Basically, it's just a matter of. Uh, it's just a matter of constructing these different ideas that don't line up with reality based on what your personal opinion is. So, I mean, the exact definition that we have down here, uh, and by the way, we get these from uh, authors like uh, Paul Copan, Frank Turek, uh, and other Christian philosophers who've given us this information as well. Uh, but the definition of postmodernism is the idea that reality is not mirrored in human understanding, but rather constructed as individuals find their own reality. So to break that down a little bit, uh, basically it's taking this idea that you construct into what you believe is reality. So it's, it's basically you decide 
for yourself on everything. And it doesn't matter what actually is true or what is out there actually in reality, but it's all independent. I mean, I mean, dependent on what you as the free thinker, the intellectual, I guess, decides is the truth in, Interesting. in the universe we live in, basically. Yeah, and so that's where people will say, well, that's true for you, but it's not true for me. Where, When people say that to me, in my mind, I go, well, no, it's either true or false. Yeah. It's not true and not true at the same time, right? Now, the, now there are things, Tyler, that, that are like that. Like of course, yeah. Like preferences. Like, I don't know what your, what's your favorite pizza? Pepperoni. See, and pepperoni, like, it's, I'll eat it. But man, I'd way rather have like a white pizza with ricotta on it. Mm, okay. Or basil. I didn't and know. And again, this. those are good. But yeah. but are you right for liking pepperoni and I'm wrong? Or am I right and you're wrong? Well there's But that's just your opinion. Yeah, that's just my opinion. <laughs> but but with that analogy of pizza, there's not a right or wrong when we're talking about food tastes, because my tastes are subjective to me. Although I think we can agree, no pineapple. No pineapple. Come on, man. Yeah, that's not pizza. We just lost like three people on that's the podcast. A, yeah, we did. That's enough. I'm out of here. Yeah. But, but uh, food flavors, uh, pizza flavors, you know, pizza toppings, that's just, that is subjective, but that's what we would call preference. Yeah, of course. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, and that's, that's also a breakdown of what I think, I think that what a lot of people would be asking too is when hearing these things, it's like, how do you differentiate between what something is like an objective statement or when something is a subjective statement that's like an actual matter of your opinion. Yeah, so, so and, and when we say objective, what do we mean by objective statements or objective truth? Yeah, of course. I, I thought I should share a, uh, another definition about this that we have here. It's uh, objective truth is something that is true independently of how human beings think or feel about it. Okay. Meaning that it doesn't matter what someone says about it, it just is the case. So like, let me give a specific example. Like, uh, There's this one suicide statement that we had before uh, that a student came up with at the homeschool class that we taught. And mm-hmm. They said, uh, that black wall is red. That black wall is red. Yeah. <laughs> That's a self-defeating statement, right? Yeah. Because you're admitting the wall is, is black, but you're also saying that it's red. Exactly. And yeah. so so the case here is that uh, the objective truth of it is that wall is black because you just said that black wall. Yeah, to reference which wall yeah, you're talking to about. To reference which wall you're talking about, you said it's black to describe it. And then you said it's red, meaning that I believe it's red even though it's black. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter that you think or feel or hope that it's red. It's if, black. If it's black. If, if it's actually if it's actually black, yeah. And that takes me like so so and this is something that's important I think for Christians when when we talk about our belief in truth, we're not talking about subjective truth or relativism. Like we're not saying Christianity works for me like pepperoni pizza works for you. Exactly. That's not the thing we're saying. When when we're talking about truth, we mean objective truth. What's actually real? independent like your definition says of whether how how i feel about it or what i think about it stuff is how it is and christianity and and jesus god's existence those things are true no matter if i believe they're true or not like Mm -hmm. we have to admit there are certain things out there that are true that we don't know about oh of course but but does does me not knowing about it mean it's not true no. no. I mean, there's a lot of things my kids don't know about that I know about, right? 
is there something out there that no human being knows about that's true? That's probably, probably possible. We make new scientific discoveries all the time. Yeah, and, ga- and galaxies that are so, so far away from us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what's going on on planets, but there's true things happening there. And yeah. just because it's, it's an absent thought to us doesn't mean what's going on isn't true. And that's when we're talking about Christian truth. We're talking about objective truth, or what we call the correspondence theory of truth. Uh, And the correspondence theory of truth is the idea that uh, a proposition, whether it's a belief or a thought or a statement, is true only if it corresponds to reality. Mm. Right? Only if it corresponds to reality. So it's the idea that it's stating... um, what is actually real, right? And Aristotle said this. This, this is a quote from him. He said, obje- objective truth or correspondence theory of truth is, quote, to say of what is that it is or of what is not that it is not is true. It's pretty simple, <laughs> right? Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To say of what is that it is or of what is not that is not is true. And that's it. That's pretty basic. And that's the correspondence theory of truth. And mm-hmm. and scripture's clear on this. Like we see this in so many different passages. Um Isaiah 45:19 says, "I the Lord speak truth. I declare what is right." He doesn't mean I declare what I feel is right. He's saying I'm declaring what's reality, what's actual, right? And that's where we get this idea of objective truth. And I think the distinction between objective truth and and subjective truth or relativism is that I think that objective truth is us discovering what's true, a.k.a. what's real, (laughs) um, and something is true or false based on what's real. Yeah, Whereas subjective truth, right, is, is, oh, no, it doesn't have to actually be true. I can just make up whatever I want. That's kind of what it comes down to, isn't it? That's really what it boils down to, yeah. you know, I see it this way. Well, it doesn't matter how you see it or how I see it. That's just let's, how it is. Let's find out how it is. But we don't create truth as human beings. We discover truth. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's a really important distinction. As Christians, you shouldn't be a Christian because, oh, I found that this is true for me. No, it's true for everybody. Like, that's what we mean by truth. It's it's objectively true for all people mm-hmm. for all time. It's not an ice cream flavor. It's not a pizza topping. Right? It's like gravity. Yeah. It's it's more like gravity than it is like pizza flavor. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. Yeah. And so that that's, that's what we're dealing with here. So objective truth and, corresponds with what's real. And that's funny, too, because there are actually people out there who believe that there's no gravity. That's actually Oh, thing. my gosh. I didn't know that. You, you know what's actually really what funny? What do they think's going on? I don't know. I don't even. They just think it was made up, and that that's what actually everything is: is that everything just constant? That there's not like a lack of gravity, basically. Like, in other words, that there's no gravity or lack thereof. To be honest, I don't care what they think. (laughs) You know what's you know what's actually this is one of the most hilarious statements I'd ever heard about. This is uh, (laughs) it was a a joke. I think it was a tweet I read. It was uh from the International Society of Flat Flat Earthers. It said, "We." have grown so much that we have spread all around the globe. All around? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty and, funny. And globe. <laughs> yeah. So that's a self-defeating <laughs> statement, right? All around the globe. They should have said we have spread vastly across the disk. Across the as planes. A flat earther. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> 
So objective <laughs> truth, right, would be what's actually real, what's actually out there, what's reality. And that's what we're trying to seek to discover, uh, not our subjective feelings uh, about things. So what about these... Um, these common statements, Tyler, you know, people mm -hmm. all, all the time I hear them say, well, that's, that may be true for you, but it's not true for me. Or don't push your opinion on me because that's not truth that I believe in. Or there is no truth. Or uh, how do you deal with these statements? Yeah, well, uh, crazy thing is I've, I've dealt with these statements all the time. Like uh, from several of our SMI trips we've gone on, mm -hmm. um, from people at campus, at college, uh, who are just uh, like they're just very evident in our culture. Mm -hmm. People engage in this because I think it's just a matter of exactly what we talked about with the first definition of postmodernism. It's that reality is not mirrored in human understanding, but constructed as you find your own reality. Mm -hmm. So they're basically constructing their own reality because they don't want to conform to the truth. Well, and that's basically. attractive, right? It is, yeah. I mean, hey, you make up whatever rules you want to be real. Like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice when you get pulled over by a police officer? <laughs> you were speeding. Actually, I wasn't. Because but, my truth is, I can go 85 in a school zone. Yeah. I mean, and, but that, that won't work. You the know, officer will not buy that. Yeah, and well, the crazy thing is, though, too, is oftentimes you even you can even point stuff like out like that to people who believe in this mm -hmm. type of worldview. But the problem is, is they won't end up actually even kind of admitting it. It's kind of like, it gets to a point where they're just like, they're so caught up and focused on the idea that they want to shape their own reality mm -hmm. that they blind themselves from the fact that there is reality. Well, even but, though they still they don't even live it out. But what I found, Tyler, is that nobody is a relativist when it comes to their bank account. No. <laughs> why? Because you can't live it out. Because you can't be. Because you can't why? Because be it's not real. No matter how much I feel like I have three million dollars in my bank account, doesn't make it real that I have three million dollars in my bank account. I can't go to the teller at the bank and say, I'd like to withdraw two million dollars, please, because she'll look at my bank account and she'll be like, you mean twenty dollars? Like, <laughs> you know, it just uh, it's not the case. That's a great example. And it's less. So nobody's yeah. a relativist when it comes to money. Nobody's a relativist when it comes to eating food. Mm -hmm. Nobody's a relativist when it comes to putting gas in your car. Yeah. What are the so what I've what I've thought about and discovered are people are only relativists in two areas of their life morality and religion yeah those it. are the only two places and when I say morality it's usually not with murder and things like that it's usually sexuality and mm -hmm. religion right yeah and then what would you say this is actually something interesting that came up with a, a student of mine that uh, was attending one of my life groups he asked what would you say then about society in general he said that aren't he's saying like morals in general mm -hmm. are relative because society constructs them well and see that's a misconception that that's why i'd say no that's that's not true society isn't in the business of constructing morals mm -hmm. right and that's a that's a that's an evolutionary thought that that has turned into postmodernism because the idea is that morals have derived and evolved over time and they're advantageous for us and so each society makes up their own moral or social norms mm -hmm. and that is a morality for that society well when people say that to me um, I had a high school kid say this to me one time at a class I was teaching at, at Verado High School and um, I said well so were the Nazis right <laughs> because their society 
accepted what they were doing. The majority of that society accepted what they were doing. So was it right that they could, you know, um, arrest and and ghettoize and, and then eventually send to the gas chambers six million Jewish people? They were just doing what they thought was morally right. They did. And that's and Hitler based it on uh, evolution, right? And 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 biogenesis. Um, he he based it on the idea that um, that uh, the Jews were less evolved humans, mm. and they needed to be done with for the betterment that's crazy. for yeah. the betterment of us, man. And so that's where you you'd ask them. So was that right? Because this is the thing. Because as the U.S., we didn't think that was right, and yeah. and England didn't think that was right, and we. Because they were attacking us, we, we stepped in. But was it wrong, Tyler, mm-hmm. for us to impose our society's opinion <laughs> on the poor Nazis and tell them what's true oh, for and, us? And not only that, uh, what if the Nazi party idea started spreading in the United States, like right now, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we started to live into a Nazi, get into a Nazi sure. type culture again? Would that make it immoral at that point? Yeah. Well, because if if it's just the culture that's uh, depicting morals, then no longer would killing innocent people be immoral. It gets really, because it's dependent on whatever yeah. you want to do. It get well. It gets it's slippery because you get to the point of saying so. When we say culture constructs morality, yeah. How much of culture has to agree on it? Exactly. And that's that's go, another point. I don't know. Let's say 80%, right? So people are just guessing at this point. Yeah. But then think about this. This is one I like to say when people bring this up to me because this hits home more for Americans. Is I say if you're right that culture just makes up – society makes up morals, then why why do we think it was wrong for people to own slaves? Because the majority of them accepted the fact that that was fine. They did. Majority of the country, and we all look at that as man. That was a horrific time of our history. That's despicable. Nobody should own another human being. Yeah, of course. Because why? Well, because we have a Christian worldview, and humans are created in God's image. But if morals are created by society, it wasn't wrong for slavery to exist, right? And then if you extrapolate it further, if if cultures create morality, then the the most evil person in existence is the social reformer. He is. Such as Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because it's so absurd. We would go, no, that guy did what was right. He, he um, helped people see how horrible their ideology was. Not if culture creates morality, then he is going against what culture has created as the morality. And so you see how absurd this is. What Martin Luther King Jr. did was amazing because he was helping people see this isn't true, that skin color makes you less of a human being. Yeah. Skin color isn't behavior. It doesn't make you – all people are created equal. And that's what he say, right? All people are created equal in God's image, right? And so treatment of human beings is based on what human beings are. What was he doing? He was helping people discover what's true. That's exactly what he was doing. So if your friend's right about (laughs) society creating morals, then the social reformer, whoever they are, Mm -hmm. a Martin Luther King Jr. or, you know, a William Wilberforce who helped abolish the slave trade Mm -hmm. in England, they're the worst types of people because they're going against what society's already decided was okay. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And then let's think about this, man. 
we can extrapolate that to the homosexual movement mm. and say society already decided in the in the you know early 1900s and the 30s 40s and 50s that homosexuality wasn't something we wanted in our country so these people who are pushing it are awful because society already decided right the decision was already made by the culture yeah, and the majority and, and didn't people want push it. back and go wait a minute no 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 that that's not true right we can we we should be able to change and i think we should be able to change but the question becomes is it true that homosexuality is not a big deal and and that it's just the same as heterosexuality well no that's not true it's not the same mm-hmm. it's very different uh, for multiple reasons and we'll talk about that on a future podcast is it true that human beings are created equal and that their skin color doesn't change that yes mm-hmm. that is true so that was moral reform. That was social reform that was good. Yeah, of course. Um, but there has also obviously been been social reform in countries around the world throughout history that aren't good. There ha- yeah. The question becomes then, what's true and what's not true. I mean, and you've got to really boil down the absurdity of this and think of other cultures and what they think is good. Like, what about cannibalists? Yeah. Like, there are cultures and, like, villages and other countries that believe that cannibalism is fine. There's yep. nothing wrong with it, and that is good for them. Like how, how, and then how can you, like, as a human being, like knowing already, like the difference between good and evil, look at some of these things and say, "There's nothing wrong with that." <laughs> like you know, it's just it's horrendous. It is horrendous. I was reading a report on um, China and how they have something like 17 million um, men in their 20s, mm-hmm. and there's no women for them. Because of the the law in China that's been, you mm, know, in the past right. you can only have one child. And so uh, people always wanted to have boys. So if they had a girl, they would abort it. Mm. And now there's this, this um, influx of men who don't have women to find and marry, which is causing a real problem on a lot of different levels in China. Why is that the case? Well, their society decided that that's okay, that you can only have one child, right? The communist regime decided that. <laughs> Well, it's really caused a lot of problems. Why? Well, because it's not a true thing. It's not a good thing. <laughs> and um, we, we see this all over with different things. You know, in India, it was the, the culture that when a husband died and was burned on the, the funeral pyre, that mm-hmm. the wife was supposed to jump on and be burned to death with him. And it wasn't until Christian missionaries went into India that that changed because they said, what are you doing? This is pagan. This is horrible. You shouldn't be doing this. Those missionaries were imposing their truth, right? Yeah. On India. And and if it's the <laughs> idea that cultures decide what's right for them, then then the missionaries should just don't let them do what they're that doing. Doesn't do, doesn't government in general and police, don't they impose their morals on people all the time? Of course. That's what <laughs> law is. Law is legislating morality. Yeah, that, that it, is what it is. By the way, this is another thing I want to point out. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk about this yet, but the very statement itself, you can't import, impose your morals on other people. Mm-hmm. You're imposing your morals on <laughs> that person who yeah. you're telling not to impose their morals. Yes, so it's a self refuting statement. It right? is because it can't apply to itself. It can't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't push your opinion on me. I mean, <laughs> how how could you show the person? in a kind way, the absurdity of that statement. Yeah, you, you don't have to be a jerk about it. You just straight up just tell them, like, well, when you said that, you, that's that's an, an opposing an opinion on me. So yeah. can can I ask you, just say, like, would you, like, don't you agree that by saying 
that I can't impose my opinion. You're imposing an opinion an opinion on me. Yeah, I so think that's the best way to do it. Shouldn't it be fair? Mm-hmm. I, I think how it should be is that people as a society in general, we should be imposing our opinions and morals on other people. Mm-hmm. We should because the thing that's and what we do every day. We should be imposing our our morals on people and our opinions, but who's to say who's right is going to become the question. That's the point. Exactly. And who is right? Because just because we as Christians also are imposing morals doesn't make it true. What makes it true is the fact that it is true. It's, it corresponds if it's obtu- to reality. If it corresponds to reality. That's yep. the point. And so the person who has the right to say this is the real opinion and you should really consider it and impose it on other people is the person who has the best evidence. Yeah, Meaning the best correspondence to reality. And that's what mm-hmm. we think we have as Christians. So yeah, when somebody says, you can't, you can't um, force your opinion on me, it's just <laughs> simple to ask them, are you forcing your opinion you know, on me? You know what the crazy thing is too? I mean, I, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but I've dealt with a lot of people who have made these statements before when they've said to me too at the same time, they say, <laughs> oh, what, what was it? But like when you, when you bring up the point and say, when they say to you, uh, yeah, I am impo- like we shouldn't impose our morals on other people. Mm-hmm. They'll also say, I'm an open-minded person. Yes. I'm a free thinker. Sure. Like I'm open to ideas, but, but then they're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> yeah. well, and, and that's the thing. People, people don't realize they're doing those things. They don't, they don't realize no. that it's self-refuting. When they say there is no truth and you can ask them, is that true? Yeah. Because if what you're telling me is true, then there is at least one truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, or, actually, I actually pointed that out to someone before, yeah. and then uh, in the response, when they said it, they're like, oh, I guess there really is just one truth. Well, like, could they, there be no, more? But they, they were getting into it saying that there's only one truth. The only truth is that there is no truth. Interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh, So there's at funny. least one that we can go off of, and that, that could open the door to more. But, but seriously, course. people repeat these slogans, and they don't see it. You can't oppose your opinion on me is an opposing of an opinion on you imposing yeah, it is of an opinion there is no truth is a statement about truth right that's yeah, true yeah. for you but not true for me right and that's refuting because it can't it's either false or it's mm-hmm. either true it can't be true and false at the same time so these types of uh, slogans that people have um, they're just bad and we got to graciously ask them the questions and point out to them how flawed the logic is in those mm-hmm. statements. And that's the key, being nice about it, right? Like you can yeah, be mean asking these questions, but if we can say, hey, th- you know, is what you're saying true? Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, like something to point out too that's huge about this is that uh, with the very fact that the idea of postmodernism and moral relativism is growing in the country, mm-hmm. I think that it's actually killing itself basically because the thing is is people more and more are realizing that it's not livable i hope so i i I see it happening well it's not livable in most of life it's only tried Mm -hmm. to be livable within sexuality that's and religion right really so don't tell me about who your god is because i found that this works better well it's not about what works or doesn't work it's about what's real of course not real right um, same with sexuality. It's not about how you feel about it. It's about what's good and what's right and what's real. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what, as Christians, we're after, the, the reality of the world, the reality of things as they are, not how I, uh, how I feel about them. I, I think it's interesting, too, if, if we go with that idea that society creates morals, 
then Mother Teresa was a horrible human being. <laughs> and isn't that interesting? Like, because why? So was that Gandhi. society decided, so yeah. Yeah, that that society decided that these people were deplorables, right? These 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 poor people were at the bottom of the caste system, and they were untouchables. And then Mother Teresa went in there and imposed her truth on them, and said, no, these people are valuable, and these people are worthy, and I will love them, and I will help them, and I will clothe them, and I'll give them shoes. And and, and yeah. if if it's the idea that society creates it, she should not have done that, but she knew that truth is something we discover and that human mm. beings actually are valuable and the perception that the Indian people had was wrong. Of course. And that's why she did what she did. She pointed out the, the case that it's good to impose truth on people. It is good to impose truth on people. Now, you do it in a loving way. Yeah. But it's the most loving thing you can do to tell somebody or show somebody the truth. Of course. I mean, think about it this way. Like, if you saw someone standing in the middle of the street and you saw a bus oncoming towards them. Mm. And they said, and they, you shouted to them from across the street and you said, get out of the way, there's a bus coming. And they said, no, there's not. I or, don't believe there's I don't really feel like it. I don't feel like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a bus, I don't believe there's a bus coming and I don't want to, even if there is. Mm. And like, I don't think that's truth. A lot of people would argue that it's immoral to impose your morality on that person by getting them out of the way and just leaving them there to die. Yeah. And I think that's the case with uh, a lot of different aspects of this, because, yeah. and especially when it comes to spiritual matters, when you let someone sit there and believe in the idea that they can shape their own reality, mm -hmm. that they can create their own salvation for themselves, that's mm -hmm. really dangerous. It is dangerous. You should, no matter how it makes them feel, run into the street and shove them out of the way of that oncoming bus. Exactly. I mean, again, yeah. you don't shove people when you're talking to them. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what I mean? It's the analogy we want to share with people, but a lot of times I think we get afraid or bullied into the idea when people say, well, you're just pushing your Christian views on me. They're and uncomfortable I don't believe with that. it. Yeah. And it makes us uncomfortable, and we don't know what to do or say. And again, we don't need to be mean back, but... Um, we need to share truth. We need to share what's real. And it's the most loving thing we can do is to share what we believe is the most important thing. It's not, you know, it, I'm telling people there's bad news that you're a sinner, but there's great news that Jesus died for that, right? Mm -hmm. But people, they don't want to hear it, but they need to. Yeah. Even if they don't want to hear it, they need to hear it because it's the most important message and it's the most important decision they'll ever make. And I've also heard an atheist once say, uh, I can't think of his name at the moment, but he had some guy come up and share the gospel with him, and afterwards he wrote, he recorded like this uh, um, analysis of his experience with it. And oh, he said, yeah, this was Penn Jillette. He's yeah, a, yeah. A magician. Yes, in Las that's Vegas. who it is. Okay. He's a Penn and Teller, the magician. Okay, yeah. that's who it is. But yeah, he came at, he came out afterwards and he said, "How much do you have to hate someone to not share?" This he's not a Christian. He doesn't believe in this, and he didn't change his mind after this. Mm -hmm. But he said, if you hold something in yourself that you know is an eternal answer and an, an eternal solution to death, basically, how much do you have to hate a person to not share that with them? Yeah. How much do you have to hate a person to let them sit there and believe and believe that there's not a bus coming after them mm -hmm. when there in fact is? Yeah, you really have to hate someone to believe they're going to hell and not care to tell them. That they're going to live there. And he's still an atheist, yeah. but he, he recognizes that. He gets that. it. If yeah. you really believe in Christianity, you really have to hate people not to tell them about Jesus. 
And that's, that's convicting. That's hor. I mean, that's sad, right? It is. Um, but the atheist gets it. But man, I want more Christians to get it. We've got to tell people the truth, even if they don't feel like it, even if they don't um, want it, even if they don't understand it, even if they think you're bullying them and you're just pushing your beliefs on them. It's the most loving thing you can do to tell people the truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus okay. said, I'm the way and I'm the truth. truth. And I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And if we believe that, then we need to get people to come to the Father through Jesus, because there isn't another way. Yeah, it's a bit, it's very important. So, well, this has been a good discussion oh. on postmodernism mm-hmm. and on relativism. I really like this. This was a pretty interesting. We have a really interesting, uh, really fun quote by Sir Winston Churchill. Tyler, why don't you share this funny quote? Yes, this one, I just thought it would be fitting to end on this. Uh, Just for all of you listening, just take this with you. Uh, Winston Churchill once said, men stumble over truth from time to time, but most pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and that is true. (laughs) That is objectively true. Objectively true, (laughs) Well, thanks for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Uh, I'm Robbie, and this is Tyler, and we're just really uh, thankful that you've been listening, been hanging out with us. Uh, If you have any questions or or any uh, things you'd like us to discuss, uh, please feel free to email me at robbie at dscchurch.com. Dot com, and we'll look to answer your questions or I mean your objections or whatever. On we'll take all of podcasts. it. Yep, we'll take all of it. We'd love to have some feedback. So thanks for listening today. We'll see you next time. All right, thanks. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.